Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. You know him, you love him. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We're both from 92.3 The Fan. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Um, talking Browns football, talking NFL football, talking about everything that we think you're talking about around town and uh, with a little bit more insight, we hope. So, um, Daryl, let's start off with this. The Cleveland Sports Awards were uh, held earlier this week, and, you know, you you got a chance to go. You got a chance to mingle and schmooze and do all the things all the big wigs get to do. Tell me a little bit about Cleveland Sports Awards. Yeah, Joe, Joe Thomas has a, a future in emceeing. Uh, he was a fantastic host. Uh, he, you know, played the hits, told all the stories that everybody wanted to hear from Billy Manziel to Peyton Manning calling to recruit him to uh, not recruit him, but to basically beg him <laughs> to come protect his blind side in Denver. So, and, you know, another fantastic night, uh, you know, is we get you, you kick this thing off here, Andy, quick tip of the cap to the, the Greater Cleveland uh, Sports Commission. They do such a great job with that event. It was the, the 23rd one of those. We can't say, I guess, 23rd annual because their pandemic paused it for a bit. And it, before it's still it resumed, annual. You know, last year. But, yeah, it was the, the 23rd uh, Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. Nick Chubb did not win Pro Athlete of the Year. Uh, that went to Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland guardians. They're all-star third baseman kind of really hard to argue against that. Even though Nick Chubb had himself uh, a career year, Jared Allen of the Cavaliers, uh, was also nominated. Um, you know, Ted Ginn senior received the lifetime achievement award, uh, honoring not only his, uh, achievements on the football field, uh, leading the Glenville Tar Blooders, who won their first state championship this past fall, first uh, state championship for a Cleveland high school as well uh, in history, but also his work uh, with these young men off the field. Um, and it was, you know, eye-opening to read, uh, you know, when you see over 100 scholarships, college scholarships that, you know, he has helped kids attain over the years that's a bit of a you know a, an eye-popping number so it was great to catch up with him Jim Tressel uh, former Ohio State head coach uh you know got to uh, talk with him which was great so yeah just an overall great night a couple former Browns were there Southfield Taylor I hadn't seen him in years so it was great seeing him Joe Hayden stopped by man does that guy know how to dress we definitely got to talk about that uh, Joe Jaravicious, his daughter, uh, was up for one of the awards. She didn't end She's up. She's an incredible winning. volleyball player. Yeah. She really is. Uh, didn't ultimately end up winning, but it was great to talk to him. But yeah, I mean, Joe Ty, look, it's, it's, uh, 2023 is the year of 73, right? This is Joe right. Thomas's year hosted the sports awards in two weeks. We're going to find out if he's a hall of famer or not. Well, he's all a famer in my book, but we'll find out if he's an actual pro football hall of famer. Uh, and then uh, assuming that happens, we're going to have all the buildup 
to the ceremony in Canton. The Browns are going to play in the Hall of Fame game. The players are going to hate him for a few weeks because that means they got to get back to work a few weeks earlier and play in the Hall of Fame game. So, yeah, it just it was a it was a fun, fantastic night. And uh, like I said, Greater Cleveland Sports Commission does a fabulous job with that every year. So, Daryl, um, a uh, couple things just talking about the Cleveland Sports Awards. So I have a couple questions for you, too, because I did not have the opportunity to go. But first of all, talking about Ted Ginn and the, you know, you, you talked about the boys uh, and the fact that Glenville won a state championship this year. And who knows if they would have had a kicker when they were Division One, uh, they probably would have had a couple more state champions championships but um i think the other thing that sometimes gets overlost and i don't know if ted talked about this at all last night but if football is a big part of his life but coaching girls track is another gigantic part of his life and you should see the i mean he glows when he talks about you know how he not only young men but young women and you know just making sure that the the kids uh that he and the lives that he's touched have a have an opportunity and get a chance and you know you think about the van that he would take to drive you know kids from glenville or anywhere else in in the cleveland city schools around so they were have the opportunity to be seen by some of these big division one schools i gotta tell you i have a huge problem with the fact that a lot of the cleveland public schools have to play their games um after school that, that that's that bothers me i think it's wrong in a lot of ways uh it, you know a lot of those kids parents can't go because they're working during the day um, and I think it's a competitive disadvantage for a lot of those kids, but Ted has figured out a way to work through it. Glenville plays majority of their, you know, their games at night. Um, but you know, you take a program like Rhodes, who I had a chance to watch this year. Uh, they were able to, uh, play a couple night games as well. So I, 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 I feel for those kids because I think there's something to be said about playing high school football at night on a Friday night. And, you know, you got your chance to be on, I don't know, for whoever was still watching any other than Fox eight. I don't really know that anybody's doing. Um, Channel three does a couple games, but um, Fox eight really kills it when it comes to high school football on Friday nights. And, you know, to give those kids a chance to try to make that show and have people talk about them on the air. So I, I, I look at that situation. I, I find it interesting, but Ted has done such a tremendous job in just strengthening our community and making people aware of things that are going on and putting Glenville on the map. And, you know, congratulations to them for their state championship and all, all the hard work that he's done. But he's done a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work that I think a lot of people don't know about. And I, whenever I get the chance to talk to him, I always talk about the glow he has when he talks about his girls' track teams that have been phenomenal throughout the year. So that was special. Uh, let me just ask you this basic question. Is this the second time they were at the field house? I, I can't remember. Yes. I, it, it traditionally was last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this was the second time that they were at the field house. I'm just curious because I didn't have the chance to go last year or this year. Um, it's interesting to look at it um, through clips and things because it looks empty, but I'm assuming that the floor is, is filled the same way it was when they were at the Renaissance. It's, yeah. I mean, it's spread out. You can breathe there. You're not on top of each other. Uh, and just everything's so accessible, right? I mean, the Renaissance is a beautiful hotel. Their ballroom is gorgeous. Um, but it's a tough place to get behind or, you know, behind the scenes to move around. Like for somebody like myself, like a pre-party uh, here. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, available. And uh, whereas the field house is just so expansive and, and that, and uh, so I love the fact that they're at the field house. Now I want to touch on something though. You said about Ted Ginn, mm -hmm. he really lit up when I asked him about just what you were talking about as far as, helping these kids yep you know and um and as he put it service it's to him it's service 
Um, and it, the Cleveland needs just a massive infusion of cash. And that's why when I, I see people mocking development plans for like downtown or neighborhoods and stuff like that, it's like, you know, like you got to understand if you live in the suburbs and you're coming into Cleveland and, and you're complaining about the condition of the roads or if there's, you know, trash on, uh, on the sidewalk or, you know, downtown Cleveland Lions does a great job trying to keep downtown clean as well as up safe. There's only so much they can do. Like you, you need tax dollars. You need it. You need income and residential tax dollars to keep the city afloat. And when people don't live in the city, everyone's living outside, right? And in their own suburban communities and stuff, you know, it it's it's taxing on the the school system and and the you know the extracurricular activities and and you know arts and. You know stuff like that that always get cut from budgets that are that are tight and the, and to me like those are just such essential programs for kids. Um, and I just in the face of all that adversity to see what Ted Ginn Senior has been able to accomplish is it's just incredible. And there just are not enough accolades for somebody and. This world needs so many more Ted Ginn seniors in it, and and not just Cleveland, but just all across the country. You know, people that you know uh, are. I mean, because you you have guys that. I mean, he still talks to his guys in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like he still counsels them. That's what he means. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's so much more than football to him. Right. That, I mean, he's, he's like life. a, yeah, he's like extended family to the, the, you know, the other thing too, that, uh, you know, people forget about is that he beat pancreatic cancer. Do you know how yes. hard that is? And, you know, there was a time when, man, I was praying for him and I think we should still pray for him every day because you know what he does in the community. And, and I mean, do, do you know how hard it is to beat pancreatic cancer? It doesn't happen. And yeah. Ted, there's an angel looking over him, and uh, I think he knows it. And he appreciates it and tries to give yeah, back. Yeah, he said last things. night that, you know, I have more work to do. That's why I'm still here. It's true. It's true. I truly believe that. And so, all right, Daryl, I, I do want to talk more about the Cleveland Sports Awards because there's some Browns uh, stories that are going along with that. Plus, we've got the NFL playoffs, and we've got um, some other things we want to talk about when it comes to your Cleveland Browns. All right, it's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Back after this. Daryl Ryder, Andy Baskin, it's always game day in Cleveland. Hey, Ohio, with mobile sports betting now live, we know that it can be a bit overwhelming deciding on which sports book to use. That's why we wanted to tell you about BetQL. BetQL is your one stop for all things sports betting related, from betting analytic trends to expert picks. Head on over to BetQL, the BetQL app, or to BetQL.com to get informed and get your betting win streak started. Use code OHIO. 25 for your 25 percent off your first month head to betql.com slash news slash 923 the fan for exclusive sports book offers all right daryl and i have just been chatting a little bit about the cleveland sports awards and, the, and now i want to get into the browns impact into the cleveland sports awards you know you already talked about joe thomas being the host uh, did you hear any stories did he tell any stories that we hadn't heard yet the manzel story i thought was funny Yes, the, um, the 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 guys when he was in Las Vegas the day that he did not show up for the game, right? 
Yeah, I actually saw his morning. This is funny. Like when I was working TV at the ABC, that somebody sent me his boarding pass. They took a picture of his boarding pass to let you know that he was actually in Vegas for that. It was I was laughing so hard when I saw it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your story. So the morning of the game, he's out in Vegas sending Snapchat messages to his teammates back in Cleveland while he's out partying. So Joe told that story. Now that was a detail did not hear before. You know, we all that was a game where they said stay home or what I can't remember what or he was hurt. He 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 uh, yeah, he said he was hurt and got on a plane and blew out the Las Vegas to party, and that ultimately like got him sent home for like the season, I think. But uh him sending and Joe mentioned like not a great teammate. But a good dude, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. He's he's the guy you want to party and do shots with and have a great time and whatever. But when it comes to actually getting it done on the field, <laughs> that's a different story. People. You know, we you know he doesn't normally dive in. Like I, I think the last two or three times I've asked him about, you know, especially after he, he got inducted in the Legends Club, and and we all know what's you know what's probably coming here in two weeks when we find out who's going into the Hall of Fame, but. Um, I, I asked him that, how close were you to leaving story with Denver? And I just like, I remember going to the locker room thinking, this is the last time we're going to see Joe Thomas. I, I probably talked to you 10 times that day. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, but I never, I'd never heard the Peyton Manning part of it. Have you? Say that again? Like, I, I remember sitting in the media room uh, at the trade deadline. And, you know, yep. putting together, hey, the, the Browns are, you know, traded Joe Thomas to the Denver Broncos for a first round pick story. Uh, because it felt like that they, it was going to happen, and then at the Joe, last minute, it? It came down to that. Yeah, right? and and at the last minute, nope, got scrapped. That's it. And I remember sitting there saying, "This poor son of a gun is going to be stuck here in Cleveland with this crap football team." But he and they ended up to, winning. like I never heard the. Had you heard the part about Peyton Manning begging him to come there? I'd no, never heard that I, I had not heard about that. I had heard that he Peyton had talked to Joe. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, he he colored in some of the lines uh, Wednesday night, and and then obviously the the last game he won as a Cleveland Brown, the pierogi Prince of Parma, Jamie Meter, blocking that field goal against the then known as San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles. Nobody gives a crap about them in Los Angeles Chargers. Um. And that was the last game he ended up winning, right? Because then he gets hurt in uh, against Tennessee in 2017. And, you know, the Browns didn't end up winning a game. And that was it, you know, <laughs> that was it for him. So his That's career, crazy to think that was his last win. I didn't even think about yeah. that. And and he, you know, joked, he goes, I mean, for I, I know in Cleveland, we joke about the you know Brown Super Bowls when they win games because they don't win a lot of games. But really, for us, that was like us winning the Super Bowl because we avoided zero and sixteen, and after losing our first fourteen games. But his career is tragic, too. It's the biggest wasted career in the history of the NFL. I'm sorry, I, I'll say it. I mean, it is just so. What a waste. What a waste. What a great player and just never just, had the chance to go to the playoffs. And, and to people that play the way well, he never played in a play. Like, it, look, he played a position that did not affect the scoreboard materially. He was not a skilled player. No. Y- you know what I'm saying? Like, Miles Garrett, 
Um, I got asked uh, this week, you know, the difference between Joe Thomas and Miles Garrett. And I said, well, Miles Garrett can materially affect winning and losing. True. Because he plays a position that directly can impact the scoreboard. Joe Thomas did not. So I, you can't hold that against Joe that the Browns sucked for 10 of the 11 years that he was on the field because he not a skill player, never touched the football. You can never run a tackle eligible guy uh, play, I should say, for my guy seventy three. Of all the coaching staffs, at least, Deke, at least Deacon got one, right? Yeah, Deacon got one. So, and was so we're we're talking to Joe, and I I said is we're wrapping up in the lobby because obviously he had things to do. I said, so you're gonna thank all twenty four quarterbacks that you blocked, <laughs> and he said, Daryl, listen. We ain't got that kind of time. We got parties to get to, my friend. <laughs> That's funny. Are there but, any other stories from any other stories from Joe? Yeah, well, but you know, Joe Hayden. You know, obviously, we talked to Joe about Joe, right? Uh, because they played together for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joe Thomas was established in the NFL. He's a couple-time Pro Bowler already. By the time the Browns drafted Joe Hayden in 2010, Hayden was here, I think, for six years through uh, 2015. Or uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2010. Yeah, to like 2015 when they they let him go, and basically, or I should say, 16, the summer of 16, because they had spared him uh, the indignity of the the one in 31 to come. Um, you know, Joe Jarrah vicious, same thing. You know, getting to to, to you know talk. What you have to say? I thought there was an interesting, just you know, his daughter standout volleyball player uh, in yeah. ACL. Yeah, you know, she she ultimately did not. Uh, when uh, that was the high school female athlete uh, of the year. But yeah, we, you know, we talked to him for a couple of minutes and he just, again, because he was here when Joe Thomas was a rookie in 2007. And, you know, you know, he talked about how you could kind of see it in, in Joe, you never want to put that on a rookie, but you could kind of really see that there was something there with Joe. And obviously, when you mentioned Joe Thomas, consistency comes comes up because the, the guy was just reliable. No, no matter what, you, it just seemed like it didn't matter the coach, the quarterback, the coordinator, the owner, the GM. It didn't matter who the hell those guys were. You looked out onto the field every Sunday. There was number 73 lining up at left tackle uh, to help the Browns take yet another beating. Um <laughs> And, and, but he didn't take the beating. He was like one of the few players beating up his opponents, basically, uh, on a regular basis. And that's why, and, you know, we're going to be talking about this a lot this year in the year of Joe Thomas. Um, that, that, to me, is why he's a Hall of Famer. He never quit on a team that he had every reason to quit on. And totally. not only did he not quit on them, he played through injuries, some significant injuries. He played at a Pro Bowl level, Andy. It wasn't like, well, he's, you know, here's old Joe Thomas just, you know, limping his way back onto the field here to keep his sack streak alive. No, he played at the highest level. Rain or shine, win or lose, injured or healthy. And he did not want to leave Cleveland. And I just that I just he is someone that I will always respect because I got to be honest with you, Andy, if I was in his shoes, oh. I, I, I would have been like, Peyton, thank you, bud. Get, get me that. 
am you know what out of here. I'm on the first, I'm booking my flight now. Thank you. You have saved me from the depths of hell. Not Joe. He stayed and God bless him. And I, I just, that, that's a hall of famer. When you, when you have every reason to quit, every reason to give up on your team, every reason not to show up week in and week out and perform at an elite level, Joe had it and no one would ever have begrudged him for doing it. And he never did. That is his hall of fame as it gets 10 straight pro bowls. I, I lost count of his all pros. I think it was like five or six all pros, right? Um, yeah. So I really hope the voters get it right. And he does in fact become a, a first ballot hall of Famer. I got to believe He's getting in, and we'll find out in two weeks, man. It feels like the buzz is that way. Just a quick note on Joe Jarevicius uh, that you brought up and talked to. Joe has, uh, I forgot to tell you this, a couple weeks ago, actually before uh, more than a couple weeks ago, before the season even started, and we were doing these podcasts, he agreed to be on the podcast. So hopefully we'll have Joe up here pretty soon. I just got to send him a text. So Oh, okay. So Joe said he would be uh, he'd be open to being on the show, so I was excited about that too. I, I'm, just, I'm a big Jarevicius fan because I look back at uh, – the one few time, the few times before they had actually beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs, where let's face it, Jarevicius, Edwards, and Winslow were probably the best wide receiving core or pass catching core the Browns have had since they came back in '99. Let's come back. We'll talk a little yeah. bit more about the Browns. Obviously, that's what we do on the show. Um, I also want to talk about the playoffs this week too. So he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on social media. That is. Uh, at Game Day CLE on both Instagram and Twitter. Back after this. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. All right, Daryl, um, final thoughts from the Cleveland Sports Awards, which we've spent a little bit of time talking about. Then I want to talk about the playoffs with you. So um, any other thoughts from the Cleveland Sports Awards? What else did we learn? Uh, other exciting news? Well, uh, other than, like, I'm jealous of Joe Hayden's fashion game. Well, he was uh, there with his dad, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was there with his dad, and he Joe Hayden stood out in the crowd. <laughs> he was wearing this awesome red suit. And the funny thing was is that I was contemplating getting uh, a suit like that, those colors. So it's you, know, you wear the white shirt, colored suit, tie matches exactly. I was this close to getting one, and I'm kicking myself for now because then Joe and I could have gone toe-to-toe as far as who was the best dressed, but uh, he, he I think you'd up, lose, uh, Daryl. I'm not going to lie. I think I think I would lose um, to just about anybody else wearing a suit, so <laughs> I'm certainly aware of that. But, yeah, it was you know great to see um, uh, Joe Hayden, you know, talking to him uh, about – uh, you know, Joe Thomas and the snap streak talked to him a little bit about being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he was kind of embarrassed when he was asked about, is, is it much fun playing for the Steelers? It was the Browns. And he kind of like had, you know, that grin on his face. Like, well, I mean, winning's kind of fun. Like it's hard not to that. enjoy that where I didn't get to really do that in Cleveland much. Um, and, you know, uh, so that so that was kind of funny with him, like, you know, being on the, you know, painted into the corner with that question. But, uh, yeah, it's it's always good to see the uh, Joe Hayden guys that I've covered come back. Well, and- Joe Hayden and Michael Brantley are the two guys probably recently that I would look at and go, why did we let those guys go? Yeah, both of them. All right. So let's get 
let's dive into the playoffs because we spent hey, time. They, you want to know why you want to know why the Browns got rid of Joe Hayden, Andy. You well, want to know the truth? Because right. he was gonna make the rest of the team look bad. That's why. And money. Well, that's it. Yeah. He he might have gotten in the way of the uh, master plan of one in 31. Oh, that's a good point. So uh, we've got the playoffs coming up. We've got the championship games, the AFC and NFC championship games, San Francisco and Philadelphia coming up at three o'clock. That game is on Fox. And then immediately following on CBS, Cincinnati and Kansas City. Um, if we get a Philadelphia winner and a Kansas City winner, then we get what I'm hoping for and I've always wanted to see the Kelsey Bowl. Yes, 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 the Kelsey Bowl. Jason against Travis. Um, I think that would be amazing. We had a chance to talk to their dad, Ed, on our show, and I was blown away by how their dad was talking about how other sports influence the way they play. And so he spent a lot of time talking about hockey, but lacrosse, soccer, other things that they had played and that they had really wanted to make sure that those boys were in the multiverse of sports and not just, you know, in one single narrow sport. And if you think about it, I wonder if they would have made it to the NFL if they couldn't, but their dad, I mean, can you imagine that having two kids with a shot for the Super Bowl? I would say the odds are probably that one of them gets in, but it'd be pretty amazing if they both get it. Like I'm not supposed to root, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm really not. It's an ethics thing, but I'm kind of really rooting for that. <laughs> I really am. It, it, it is is great of a story. It would be if Brock Purdy can, you know, as a rookie, get the 49ers uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, I just, I, the Cleveland Heights Kelsey Bowl to me is, is just, it's, it's there. It's just, mm, I, I really want to see that. But you mentioned the multi-sport thing and, th and this, this little message for parents, man, I don't have kids, but I, I hear coaches talk about it all the time. Let your kids play multiple sports in high school. Do not specialize with them. Um, and the you, problem like, is the kids. Hockey. Like when you watch the Kelseys play, you yeah. see hockey. Like Travis Kelsey just run, you know, runs through fools, right? Basically right. Check, checks them into the boards without actually checking them into the boards because there's right. no boards on the field. <laughs> and Jason, uh, who is, uh, I think, one of the, I mean, you hear all the time just how smart he is. Yeah. Um, and and listen, offensive linemen are in, are like some of the smartest people. I love talking off. That's why I love talk, Joe Thomas so much. Like, I love talking to Joe Thomas. Joe Batonio, um, you know, Jack Conklin. Like, I always learn something when I talk to offensive linemen. That and they're just uh, like. J.C. Treader, right? Yeah. I mean. Head they, of the NFL you know, Yeah, they just. I, they just have a different way of looking at things too. You know what I mean? They have different mm -hmm. interests and, and stuff like that. But I would love the Kelsey Bowl, Eagles v. Chiefs. And I don't know who would win that game. I really don't. I, I think it'd be a fantastic Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, all of Cleveland, well, most of all of Cleveland this weekend are going to be Eagles and Chiefs fans. It's been weird, the whole talk about Cincinnati. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I like Cincinnati to win the whole thing this year. So, um, Joe Burrow is an amazing quarterback. And I, I just I, – I don't know what his legacy will be down the road. But he's taking the Bengals, who, you know, like our worry is getting to the playoffs. Their worry was getting past the first round, and he just obliterated the way the Cincinnati Bengals and their fans can think about the playoffs. He's won more because... games in the playoffs the last two years than the Browns, I think, have won in the last 50 in the playoffs. It's scary. Like it's, it's, it's it? No, no, it's not. 
scary. It's depressing. No, it's scary from our end. I'm scared about it's, that. I it's, that. It's, it's depressing. And if he ends up winning the whole thing, oh, God. I mean, it's bad enough that the Browns are like the only team in the division never to have been to a Super Bowl. But like right, here the, comes indignity the, of, the indignity of the Bungles winning a Super Bowl. Right. And we can't and I, I can't even call them the Bungles anymore. Like that was no. like the, you know, even same thing with Pittsburgh. It's like I got into a discussion with a buddy of mine uh, about the Steelers because he, you know, he was trying to dump all over the Steelers. And I just said to him, I said, listen. Looking at it objectively, I know you're a diehard Browns fan, but you just need to shut the hell up. You have nothing on the Steelers, okay? They we have, have six. We have nothing. We have they, one playoff win. That's they it. have nothing on nobody. They have six trophies in the case, okay? The Ravens have two trophies in the case. I just, it's hard to for me to get behind talking smack when they have trophies in the case and your team doesn't even own a trophy case. For the, at least the last 50 years. He can't discount. Well, they the did find the trophy from 64. Yeah, Tony no, the tro- that was the trophy from 48. 48? Yeah, no. it's yeah. from the AA, the AAFC. So the trophy from 64, Yeah. one story there. That's with the Ohio Cup somewhere? No. Is that what you're going to tell me? Oh, okay. No, it's at Lambeau Field because the NFL championship trophy used to be like the Stanley Cup. So oh. if you go to the 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 Packers team museum at right. Lambeau Field, you yeah, will see the NFL championship trophy, and on there is engraved 1964 Cleveland Browns. It's the NFL, and so it you know I it, I think one of the cool things that the Browns could do is I don't know maybe go up to Lambeau Field, get the actual measurements for the damn trophy. Because the reason the Packers have it is, well, they were the last ones to win the trophy. And there was only and then, one. And then the Super Bowl era began. So they have the trophy. It would be kind of cool, I think, if the Browns went up there, sized that trophy, met, and then had a rep, an actual rep, not the piece of crap that uh, not, it wasn't, uh, not car- was it Karma Policy that made that stupid thing? The ore boat? The, no, the the Cleveland Stadium with the, the key tower trying to make it look like it was oh. 1964. And it had the modern Cleveland skyline on. Remember that thing? It was like real yeah. big and bulky. You know, you know what you know what trophy I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that was for uh Yeah, it was commemorating the nineteen sixty-four yeah. championship that looked nothing like a nineteen sixty-four championship trophy. So they need True. to go up to Green Bay and see if they can replicate that trophy and put that in a trophy case out in the lobby uh in Berea, Ohio. But yeah, it I like I s it, <laughs> It's it's really tough, like for for Browns fans, because they're so passionate about their team and they want to be able to talk trash and you know get. It's like I'm just like, bro, man, y'all got no trophies since 1964, and there's all these shiny Vince Lombardi trophies in cases around the NFL. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like I I love the passion you have for your team, but I just don't know how much smack you can talk. I mean, you can, hey, congratulations. You beat the Steelers with nobody in the stands in the middle of a pandemic without your head coach, right? <laughs> ben Roethlisberger just basically gave you that game on the opening snap. I mean, I don't want to take that away from Browns fan, like, but that's like your Super Bowl in the last 50 years. Congratulations. You beat the Steelers. All right, quickly, Daryl. Daryl, Daryl, who do you got winning? And then uh, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm going, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to go uh, Homer Shell, Kelsey Bull, Chiefs and Eagles, which means 
it's probably going to be the friggin' Bengals and 49ers. Uh, I, st- I, I like, uh, especially, although the line changed, or there's a big story today about the line changing because of Mahomes going to practice uh, in Did the middle of the week. Did you see him get off the, the, leave the podium? No, was he hobbling? No, still no? no limp whatsoever. No big tape job on yet. Nothing. He might, he might go off on Sunday. Everyone I thinks still he's like Cincinnati. I still like Cincinnati. You, still, you, you like Cincinnati. You got to go Willy Wonka then, right? Yeah. I'm, Remember yeah, the scene I'm from Willy uh, Wonka? Yeah, I'm just going to go root for – I'm just rooting for Eagles and Chiefs. And, again, I think it's probably going to end up being Bengals and 49ers. Uh, I'd love for the Kelsey Bowl. Okay, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. For our producer, Meredith Kane. thanks for listening to another edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We love having you on board. If you like listening to what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, you can be a part of the show somewhere down the road. If you want to hit us up on social media at Game Day CLE on both Instagram and Twitter. It's always game day in Cleveland.